Let's keep the love going. Whole lot of lead. From the A16, I used to have a problem with Tony Romo, but after listening to everyone else, he's one of the better ones, if not the best. Who's better? Craig Olson? Yeah, that's what that's what really sucks about the whole Tom Brady coming into the booth next year, mm-hmm. is you know they're bumping Greg Olson. Oh, yeah. I just don't know what where Greg's going to go, because Tony Romo's locked up with a contract, like a massive contract. I mean, Greg's, Greg's staying on Fox, because they're just going to bump him to the two-team. I hope Tom Brady's so bad that everyone just comes out of the woodwork and is like, oh, man, we miss, we miss Greg Olson. Now, Greg Olson, every time they do show massive cranium, uh, always looks like he tied one off the night before. And I don't know if you've, you, you could never, uh, you could never play this song on the air, but there was a song by the Miami Hurricanes football team back, I believe, in 2002. And it's called the Seventh Floor Crew. And Greg Olson... Uh, has a few bars in that song. Um, and I will tell you that his name is G-Reg, and he compares it to something similar with his nickname to what was leaked in the Drake video. Hmm. And it goes from there. Can he hit the bars? Does he hit him well? It's pretty good. Okay. What's your name? G-Reg. What you do? Can't say anymore after that. True song. Seven Floor Crew. Uh, listen to it in your own privacy. Somebody says Greg Olson needs to go to Monday night. Nah, because Monday night football sucks. I don't want to hear him talk about bad football. Put him on Sunday night. Get Collinsworth out of here. That's what we need. We need Chris Collinsworth and Jack Collinsworth to just absolutely get lost. I don't like either one of them. I really don't like Chris Collinsworth. You know what Chris Collinsworth always says? Stop it. Stop it. Not again. Go live in your next-gen stats world and take your geek of a son out of here. Spread love, not negativity. Let's do that today. We're all over the place today. Mm. 816, 43-year-old white guy from the hood. Only wear 5950s. No stickers, no curve. My bill slightly. Wear what you want. South Mac. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not saying that you don't. I'm just saying that's what, like, everything gets taken out of context. Right, South Mick? Okay. Let me explain this. I just said that Kyle Shanahan who South make, we can both agree, is not from the hood. Okay. Kyle Shanahan is probably from a very prestigious neighborhood and dresses like he's still a skater guy. I mean, his dad was a football coach. Yeah, nicknamed The Rat by Jim Rome. Sorry, Dusty, but hearing you all worked up about hats has me rolling. Also, you seem like a visor guy, not a visor guy. I'm not an Eli Drinkwitz type. But you wear what you want to wear. I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying I made a funny comment that if Kyle Shanahan were to blow another lead, he's got to lose the Rob Deerdeck look. That's all I said. This and then everybody said, oh, Dusty, you wear flat bills. I've seen what you would. I'm just, I'm just playing into that. So, South Mick, don't get it twisted. Don't get my words twisted, man, because I will figure things out on the text line. That is not what I said. You wear whatever you want to wear. I'm saying for a funny little bit, maybe you didn't laugh, and unfortunately I can't make everybody do that. I'm saying that if Kyle Shanahan loses again, he's got to redo his look. This is why we're only allowed to talk about serious football things on a I serious guess. football show. So let's talk about some serious football. You know what's serious is Chiefs defense. You know why this Chiefs defense is serious? Because they're in great company with three other teams. And those three other teams are the 2000 Ravens. Did they win the Super Bowl? 
Yes, sir. Okay. With Joe um, Flacco. In 2002, they didn't win the 2000 Super Bowl with Joe Flacco. They won it with Trent Dilfer. In Even 2002, worse. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, good defense. Did they win the Super Bowl? Yep. Okay. Do you want to take a guess who their quarterback was? Brad um, Johnson. I was, that's, that was the Gruden. That was the Gruden team, wasn't it? Was that yeah, the yeah? Because he off, got he got traded the yeah, offseason before. They picked off Rich Gannon five times in that Super Bowl. Oof. Five. Uh, and then in 2013, the Legion of Boom. Did they win the Super Bowl that year? Yeah. Okay. So only Super Bowl defenses since 2000 to allow less points per game in the playoffs than the Chiefs. 13.7 is what they're giving up in the playoffs this year. Are the Ravens, Bucks, and the Seahawks? 2000 Ravens, 2002 Bucks, 2013 Seahawks. Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl winner, Super Bowl winner. Correct? The Kansas City Chiefs, okay? The Kansas City Chiefs this year are giving up 13.7 in the playoffs. Do we want to go back and talk about who they played? Okay, let's talk about that. Miami Dolphins. Number one offense in football. We're averaging 400-plus yards a game. You know how many yards they had against the Chiefs in that playoff game? 158. You know how many points they were averaging a game this year? Over 28. You know how many they had? Seven. Yeah, but Dusty was cold outside. That's fine. It's not our fault they lost their division. The other thing is they were one of 12 on third downs. One of 12 on third downs. That's the number one offense. Cold weather, I'll give it to you, okay? You can have that. Cold weather. Then they went to Buffalo, right? They went to Buffalo and played another good offense. Dalton Knox, Dalton Kincaid, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, James Cook. All good options, right? Good offensive team. Didn't do anything, right? They had a good first half. But in the second half, the Kansas City Chiefs completely, completely shut the Bills down. Right, and it's it's it, it it doesn't take a whole lot to realize. And again, the Bills scored 24 points, right? But in the second half of that game, the Bills scored seven. Seven points. They put up 17 in the first half. They put up seven in the second. Then hold on, but but they but the Bills, you know, they they missed a field goal, so that that was really so they really should have won that game too. At least tied it. But again, the Chiefs took them out of their rhythm because of what the defense was. And then they played the Baltimore Ravens. You know, the Ravens who score a ton of points, run a lot of plays, run the ball, do a lot. You know how many points the Ravens scored in the second half? Three. You know why they scored three? Because they wanted to give them a chance an onside kick, so they went ahead and got the three real quick. So within these playoff games. Yeah, but Dusty, they abandoned the run game. Exactly. And why do they do that? Because they fell behind and they were going up against an elite defense. So, again, I'm not a huge cliche guy. I don't really care to hear like, oh, defenses win championships. But sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're right. Because when you look at the history and you listen to what I've talked about all year, the similarities that I had for this defense was similar to that Tampa Bay defense, right? That Tampa Bay defense was elite Warren Sapp, Simeon Rice, um, you go to the linebacking core, Derek Brooks, you go to the safety, John Lynch, you go to the outside, you had Rondé Barber, and you had Dexter Jackson, who I believe was Super Bowl MVP the year they won. He picked off uh, Gannon twice out of pick six. 
and you look at this defense for the Chiefs, it's not as elite as that Tampa Bay defense because that Tampa Bay defense has like five Hall of Famers on that defense. And you look at this Kansas City Chiefs defense, Karloftis, Chris Jones, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, Justin Reed, Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie. You know how many touchdowns Legereus Sneed's given up this year in the regular season? Zero. You know how many 100-yard receiving yards wide receiver ones had this season against the Chiefs? Zero. Now, I know Zay Flowers had over 100, but it was a busted coverage, and Nick Bolton was on him. That's not really Legereus Sneed's fault if we want to add to the stats. And, and the Chiefs went up against every single number one receiver in the NFL this year, except San Francisco's, and we're about to face them. And the thing about that is, which is a great point, is that the Chiefs all year long were put up against or were asked to go against the best of the best of the best. And I'll give you, well, Justin Jefferson got hurt. Well, while he was playing before he was hurt, he didn't do anything. And he got hurt in late in the third quarter. So it's not like he got hurt in the first quarter. Like, he had plenty of time to go off. Right. Devontae Adams, twice. And he got him for a first half, and then they never saw him again. He had like 75 yards in the first half and then didn't catch up all the rest of the game. A.J. Brown, Amara St. Brown, Jamar Chase. How'd Jamar Chase do? What do you think about that secondary? Honestly, not much. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. So when you look at all of these things that this Chiefs defense has done, and like I said, at the beginning of the show last night and a little bit of the show, it's not arrogance. It's not overconfident. It's just that they've done everything, and that's why when you look at teams that do this in all facets of sports, right, everybody always asks themselves, why is KU so ready when the tournament starts? Why do they go through these big games where it's like, oh, they've got to play Kentucky in the Elite Eight? Did you not see what the Big 12 was in basketball? It was a gauntlet. I get it. San Francisco was the one seed in the NFC. I understand that the Green Bay Packers and the Detroit Lions beat the Chiefs. The Detroit Lions beat the Chiefs without Chris Jones and without Travis Kelsey. And with Kadarius Toney dropping a pass into the hands of a, of a cornerback who walked it in for a touchdown. The Chiefs lost to the Packers before they had developed their identity of who they were. And I will give you this, they were outplayed in that game. Now, there was a pretty big non-call at the end of the game for a pass interference that should have been called. Who knows what happens? But I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I'll give Green Bay the dub. I'll take the L in that game. And the thing about this, and the thing about this, and that Sneed touchdown was in the playoffs, not the regular season. I thought, text line. Regular season, you didn't allow a touchdown. And I will say this, that when you have a defense that has proven it and has gone against the best, where do we rank Debo Samuel as a wide receiver? Probably top 10, not top five. The Chiefs played all top five receivers. In fact, the Chiefs played Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, A.J. Brown, Amara St. Brown. Are you taking those guys over Debo Samuel? I am. I mean, even like that sort of next here, like a Keenan Allen, who I'm has... taking Debo way over. Keenan no, no, no. Allen. I'm saying like these are the guys they've shut down. Yeah. So, I mean, they've even faced like guys that are true number one receivers that are in that next tier. And the thing about this is that it all goes back to people that will look at you and say, oh, it's overconfidence. Oh, it's, oh, you're, 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 you're just cocky. You're arrogant. No, we're not. We have everything in front of us to prove to that. And I get it. Brock Purdy was behind the Green Bay Packers and came back and won. That's great. That's great. Brock Purdy was behind 
the Detroit Lions 24-7 at halftime and came back and won. That's awesome. That's great. Those are not Chiefs defensive players. That is not a Chiefs defense. And in those games where he came back from behind, they didn't adjust. They just stayed normal. And Brock Purdy won. And they're getting ready to play a team who in the second half is averaging up giving up points of three. Three. And so when you look at this game and you look at what this defense can do and you look at what George Karloftis can do, who's been quiet, and if you think I'm the only one that thinks George Karloftis is quiet, how about my girl, my number one, my main girl, Kay Adams, giving it to you. I want to get into next that we're underreacting to an edge that KC is going to have here as well. And it centers around none other than defensive end George Karloftis. Okay, first of all, George doesn't get any credit. He doesn't get nearly enough credit for this year he had. Loved having Max Crosby on the show, tons of sacks, all of that. The Chiefs took this guy 30th overall, 30th overall back in 2022, and he's had a breakout sophomore season. He racked up 10 and a half sacks, double-digit sacks, not being celebrated ahead of the Super Bowl. It doesn't make any sense. He also ranks, I believe, top 10 in pressures. He's already accounted for two and a half sacks during the playoff run as they're finding form, momentum, and they're getting it going. I talk with my hands like crazy. I need a cocktail so I don't. Um, I don't know why he doesn't get talked about. He's got an interesting name. Sometimes, like, the names of people, like, Luke, get lost in the shuffle. I don't know. He has become an absolute gem out of Brett Veach. I, I will say this. George Karloftis, like this cocktail to me, is very important to the Chiefs in this matchup because he plays primarily the defense's left side, and that means he's going to be matched up against Niners right tackle Colton McKivitz. I'm going to whisper it. McKivitz? McKivitz has allowed nine sacks. McKivitz has allowed 55 pressures this season, both bottom five in the league. And we're not talking about that. I don't know why either. That's especially scary when you consider that the Niners had the fewest passing attempts in the NFL this, in, this season, which is crazy. So George... Chris Jones' ability to get pressure, like Fletcher Cox set off that right side, that could be the thing that makes or breaks this entire game open. I'm definitely going to be keeping my eye on him when the Niners have to throw, and they will, in this game. So shout out to our boy, George. I uh, never heard this song in my life, and I think there's a reason for that. Not a, not a big Metallica guy. I assume you are. I mean, I've been at the station long enough. I think most people know my music taste. Yeah, it's diverse. Um, 913-586-7610. Glad I had the YouTube on earbuds. I don't know what that means. Uh, preach on, Dusty. I've been laughing at flat bills for years. And then we get South Mick back. I'm not mad for or talking mess, Dusty. I'm just talking about me. And Kyle probably shouldn't wear a flat bill. That's all I was saying. You do whatever you want to do. You know me. Life is life. You can have how much fun and do whatever you want to do with your life. Pull your pants up and turn your hat around like it's meant to be worn. Is that Colin Coward? Somebody from the 913. Al Michaels is cooked. Replace him with Greg Olson. Yeah, but Greg Olson's a color commentator, not a play-by-play commentator. Yeah. So you can't really do that. You know what I mean? Kind of tough to do that. Not a Metallica guy. Turn in your man card. Really? You have to be a you have to be a Metallica fan to be a man. Hmm. Interesting. You learn something new every day. 
Text lines all over the place today. They are. I think a lot of people are eager and are, um, you know, I think they're really just nervous, which is fine. You're you're on Super Bowl Eve. It is what it is, and uh, you know, I get it. I, look, man, like I don't I don't hate people's taste in music. I just think that everybody's entitled to their own taste. Like I like a band called Morphine. <laughs> they're amazing. They have a saxophone, a bass, and a drummer. That's it? That's it. And their music sounds exactly like what their band title would be called. Right? I just, eh. I'm worried if I look up the band, my targeted ads will go all over the place. Well, their lead singer died of a drug overdose on stage. No shock there. (laughs) I got nothing for that. Yeah. uh, Their two best songs are called All Your Way and Cure for Pain. They're great songs. But, yeah, I mean, you know, look, everybody's entitled to their own. Text line is rough today, Dusty. I got nothing but love for you, brother. Thank you, man. I don't know, man. Like, everybody just, you know, do your own thing, man. Have your own life. Live it the way you want to live it. You want to be a Richard, you be one. You want to be a nice guy, be a nice guy. So, you know, I'm not going to judge you. One thing I'm going to judge is uh, – Matchups that we'll get to watch. And Quentin and I have got two from each side. Do you want to start or do you want me to start with the matchups? You can go ahead. Okay. Side note, Pete Sweeney will join us uh, at 12 o'clock live from Vegas. I don't know if he's uh, sober, hopefully. Um, But again, Jefferson's 15% off online orders for carryout and delivery with promo code 610sports. Limit one per customer on a $40 minimum order. If you're going to do that, do it as soon as possible. Um, Also, Community America Credit Union uh, your big game coverage is brought to you by them, by Community American Credit Union. Community American Credit Union is proud to be the exclusive banking partner of the Kansas City Chiefs. Get your Chiefs checking account, including the exclusive Chiefs debit card at ChiefsChecking.com. Um, the big matchup that I'm watching that I'll dive into um, is this. I'm really interested in how Willie Gay is going to be effective towards Christian McCaffrey and those little bubble screen screens, screen quick out throws that they will throw to him. I think that you're going to see a lot of what Josh Allen did with Brock Purdy and throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage and letting his players develop. I don't think that Brock Purdy is a big play guy. I think we've seen enough of Brock Purdy to know that he's not going to send Debo Samuel down the field and throw him a haymaker. I think that what they're going to do is try to disguise a lot of stuff in the middle of the field and kind of go left and right and make things develop. And I think one thing that I'm interested in watching on the defensive side for the Kansas City Chiefs is how Willie Gay coming off of basically two games being out plus a week uh, before the Super Bowl starts. So really almost three weeks total uh, out being rested with that neck injury. I'm interested to see where he's at on the field and how aggressive he is with the play style that is the San Francisco 49ers with Christian McCaffrey, who's the best running back in football. I think that Willie Gay, it's interesting because Willie Gay is probably the best all-around linebacker between his athleticism. Uh, Nick Bolton is the better tackler. Drew Tranquil is the better coverage guy. But how many times has the Chiefs put Willie Gay on spying a quarterback like when they did Um, against Josh Allen like they have in the past against Lamar Jackson. So that is a huge matchup because in order for the 49ers to win this game, 
it has to come down to Christian McCaffrey doing what Christian McCaffrey does as the best all-around running back in the NFL. So Willie Gay is going to be a big part of this game. He has to be, and I think you're right. It's probably the number one defensive matchup for Sunday. My offense of matchup for the Chiefs on the other side is Kelsey versus the backup safety, right? Ufanga is out. Their number one safety, not going to play in this game, uh, which is huge, right? We saw what Travis Kelsey did to probably what's going to be the next up-and-coming uh, big-time player uh, for San Francisco or for Baltimore, which is uh, what is in Kyle, uh, Kyle Humphreys. No, not Humphreys. Uh, I can't think of his name. For right. Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. Humphreys. Humphreys. I know Humphreys okay. is his last yeah. name. Kyle Humphreys. I think is what his name is. Who knows? I'm, I don't know. He's not in the playoffs. I don't care about him either way. And the talk all week was, will he stop Travis Kelsey? And you hear the audio that plays all the time of Mitch Holtis. Oh, he's stuck there on like duct tape on his hip. That was the touchdown. You saw everybody's reaction, including including Taylor Swift's. Oh, my God. I mean, that was everybody's reaction, right? That was a, a nasty touchdown. And, and Travis Kelsey went 11 for 11 for 116 yards and that touchdown. So I think it's interesting to look at. They're going to have a backup safety. I get it. Fred Warner's out there. He's a great tight end or a great linebacker. But look, this is a game that Travis Kelsey really, really wants, right? We played you the audio earlier when he said this is what he really, really wants. He wants the Super Bowl more than well, anything. There's a certain uh, tier of teams in the NFL that have gone back to back, and you know, it's uh, I've been on a mission ever since I won my first Super Bowl. Uh, we we made it back to to the Super Bowl the year after 2019. Obviously, lost to the uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, that's motivated me to get back to this point right here. So um, you'll hear me say this a lot, but I want this one more than I've ever wanted a, a Super Bowl in my life. And it's because uh, the type of team we have, the people that we have in this thing, but also because that tier of uh, teams that have done it twice have uh, gone down in history as uh, some of the greats. No doubt about it. So I will really be watching Travis Kelsey in a matchup of who they think they can pair on him throughout the throughout the game. I'm sure there's other people that are interested in other matchup that I thought about choosing because of the past and what is the future of the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers. But I am interested to see what their backup safety or their linebacking core can do to try to do something to stop Travis Kelsey, whose numbers on DraftKings are quite high, 65 and a half and over 75 and a half or 73 and a half as of right now. It's playoff Travis Kelsey. No doubt. I mean, he's truly different. When you're talking about a guy that is being compared to Jerry Rice as a receiver and he plays the tight end position, right. I mean, it, he truly is a superstar, and he is that guy in the playoffs. Um, the backup safety thing is really key because the best safeties in the NFL struggle against him, mm -hmm. and it makes me wonder if they're going to slide some extra protection over there. Maybe on third downs, the play-by-play -play -play announcer – went on to the drive yesterday for the 49ers and talked about maybe Charverius Ward covering Travis Kelsey on key third downs mm. because he's their best man coverage guy. Um, yeah, it's going to take a lot to slow down Travis Kelsey. You're not going to stop him. It's a lot like Kansas City's Christian McCaffrey where, yeah, he's going to eat. It's just can you stop some of those big plays? And I think Travis Kelsey against a backup safety could get those big plays, no problem. Yeah. Okay, so I've got a couple of matchups. Yeah. Let's start defense. Uh, we played the clip before the break mm -hmm. about Karloftis and what he's done. Right. I actually think the key matchup is going to be Karloftis versus Trent Williams mm. because you think he lines up on that side. I think he does. He has to at some point, right? Because someone's got to line up over there. Now I know that everybody moves around and you know, Chris Jones is going to line up on, on the defensive line. But I think for the most part, Karloftis is probably going up against Williams. And mm -hmm. how does that work? Because Chris Jones is going to get the double team. 
Karloftis has to be the next guy to step up with Noah Menehu. Uh-huh. So if he's able to get any sort of work done against Trent Williams, you might be able to force the 49ers to run to the other side to help at least negate all of the movement that they do, uh-huh. right? The 49ers are one of those teams that do a ton of movement, a lot like the Dolphins and a lot like Kansas City does. So what does that matchup look like? I'm not so worried about it when he lines up on the right side. But whoever's going up against Trent Williams, what does that look like? Yeah, I just think that they're going to forfeit the left side. Really? Completely? Yeah, and just because, and I had a take about this last night, and the reason why is because I think it's better for Brock Purdy to see the pressure to see where he goes next. Because I think he is kind of iffy on his second read. And I think that if he sees it, he buckles. Whereas, like, I understand the blind side's great to come from behind and, and cause a sack or a fumble like you saw with Lamar Jackson right. in that game. Um, but I also think this is one of those things where, like, the defensive side of letting somebody eat, just let Trey Williams, let Trent Williams do his thing, right? Let him do whatever he wants to do. Let Brock Purdy see it and see how he reacts to it. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh crap! Here it is, and then quick throw, boom! There's somebody to pick it up. But I'm not, I'm not mad about where you could put. You know, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? I think that if you, you can't just completely give up the left side because they're going to run Christian McCaffrey over there all day. Okay. So if you put, you know, one of your lesser talented guys over there all game, they're going to eat in the run game on the left side. Okay. My uh, offensive guys that I want to look at, I want to look at Rasheed Rice on. Traverius Ward, Mm -hmm. because Traverius Ward is by far their best man coverage guy. I know the 49ers play a ton of zone, but eventually you're going to have to go one-on-one to try and get some pressure on Patrick Mahomes. That's the way the NFL works. And what does Rice look like? We've talked about earlier in the show, and probably for two and a half months now, that Rasheed Rice is the Kansas City's number one wide receiver. No question about it. So what does he do against the best on the biggest stage? That's a key matchup for me because he's one of the big three that has to eat in order for this Chiefs offense to get rolling. Pacheco, mm-hmm. Kelsey, and Rice. What does he look like against Traverius Ward? Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing is like, you know, the rookie versus because Traverius Ward was talking a whole bunch of bull junk, right? Like, oh yeah, was, oh yeah, it's better over here. It's like, well, you're out of ring, but that's fine. You still got yours. Um, but I would love to see Rasheed Rice because he's been a little quiet in the last what two games, like. I don't think he had a, a huge game against Buffalo, but uh, a quiet game against Baltimore. But again, this is one of those games where it's like, you know, a rookie's never been in the Super Bowl, but he seems to be calm, cool, and collected the entire season as if nothing has faced him. And and at this point, you know, I think the argument that none of these guys are rookies anymore, mm-hmm. I think is because you've played, what, 19 games up to this point, mm-hmm. and with the only people that haven't been to this point in their career are the new guys to the roster. Yeah. So like Drew Tranquil and the rookies, I think that that pressure isn't going to get to some of these guys because they've played so long this year right. and everybody else has already been here. You love to see it. So I'm not worried about the like, you know, rookie messes up. Right. Uh, coming up on the other side, 1130. Who steps up? We know the big three. We talk about the big three. We go back and look at when the Chiefs developed this big three and why everything's changed since. It's Quentin of Dusty. We got about an hour and a half left, and then Chris Unicero will take over with JT Noah here on 610 Sports Radio. Thanks for tagging along. 913-586-7610. Keep bringing in the hate. I'll embrace it like the Chiefs do. Or you can bring in the love. I'll embrace it as well. That's Quentin of Dusty. You're listening after hours. There you go. There's morphine. 
You can tell why their band name is what it is. It's a very deep saxophone. Yep. This is the best line of the song. Where is the pain? No doubt. Thanks for listening today on this Saturday program. It kind of takes me back to when I first started on the air. We used to do a Saturday show called uh, Out of Bounds. For those of you that listened to before that, we used to do a show called Up and Adam, which randomly now is Kay Adams' show called Up and Adams. But we did Up and Adam, E-M. Uh, Nick Price and I did over on 1660 way back in the day. For those of you that actually followed us then, you are real ones. Hey, guys, there's a bet on FanDuel on Brock Purdy rushing more than 40 yards. It's a plus 920. I dropped a $30 bet on that. Good. I mean, I hope it hits. Kyle Hamilton, that was his name. Play Whiplash by Metallica. It's better than nothing else matters. Nope. Nope. Actually, I don't I don't call what we play. That's all. That's all, Quentin. Metallica's from the Bay. Not this weekend, Metallica. Do you think I should stretch my budget to buy a house I want? Historic home built in 1895. I have no idea what to do to that. I I am not going to give anybody any sort of uh, any sort of um, advice on what to do marketing wise. Huh. Okay, I don't know if this is a serious text, but my name is Richard. I have a Metallica tattoo and a flat bill. I also have one of those loud mufflers on my. 04 Camry. It's more like a Subaru thing, but... Okay. I don't know. Dustman, I'm smoking ribs and a pork butt today for the game, baby. There you go. There you go. Okay. Okay. All right. There we go. I like that. I'm a big rib guy, especially when they're homemade. Kyle Hamilton. Somebody from the 816 says, I played that seven-floor crew. The song or the team? big difference there Mm. i played that seventh floor crew if you played the song i hope you were by yourself very graphic got the waste management uh tournament on it starts at one o'clock on the uh pga channel i'm pretty excited um we gotta stop some names for tournaments shouldn't be allowed why waste management that's who sponsors i know but it's a pretty big company i know so what do you know? It's just it sounds like everybody that is playing is garbage. No, it doesn't. It's the waste management. That's where the that's the sponsor. I know. And everybody that plays in this tournament is elite. Justin Thomas is bad. Why well, you shouldn't call it the waste management tournament? What do you want to call it? I don't know. Somebody else. Somebody else spend the millions of dollars to get the naming rights. Don't get mad at at at, at waste management. It's not their fault. Yeah, it's golf's fault for accepting it. Not really, because they got paid. I love the waste management. I don't mind the name. I mean, everything has a price, and waste management just picked the highest price. Waste management. The number one hole in golf, number 16 at TPC Scottsdale. Such a fun time. I have such a hard time thinking about what golf term I'd rather go to. A, a Ryder Cup, a Masters round, or waste management. And everybody rolls their eyes and goes, come on. You have to go to the Masters. No, I don't. You take me and, like, three of my best friends, and we get to sit in the gallery in the 16th at TPC Scottsdale? Are you kidding me? 
That's a weekend you'll never forget or remember, more than likely. Plus, babes everywhere. Tons of babes. Life goals. Yeah. Morning, Dusty. Glad to hear you this morning on my way to play some football. What? Excited for tomorrow and ready for baseball low-key. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Um, seen a lot of people playing golf today. Must be nice. It's about 42 degrees, a lot of sun. I don't know if golf courses are packed. I really want to play on Tuesday. I think that's a good time to play because that should give your significant other, hey, we're going to go do Valentine's Day tomorrow. We're going to go to the parade together. Let's play golf today. But where I want to start this uh, conversation off is Quentin brought up a good point. Who steps up outside of the big three, right? Well, you remember the big three? They changed the whole scheme. They changed the whole offense. They went from trying to force things to players that weren't showing up, not attendance-wise, but in games. And they said, hey, let's simplify it. Let's be more of a game manager-style offense. Let's trust our defense. Let's run the ball with Isaiah Pacheco. Let's get the ball to Rasheed Rice, and then that'll open up Travis Kelsey. And that's been the recipe since Cincinnati, since the embarrassing loss to the Denver or to the uh, Oakland or get it right. The Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas day. Damn it. Dusty figure it out. You got there eventually since the embarrassing loss to the Las Vegas Raiders on Christmas day, this offense has rebranded itself. They went through the big three, but in a super bowl game, you're going to need a play or two from somebody. I'll tell you who I want. It's Patrick Mahomes, but it's not in the way that maybe you would think. I don't need a bizarre flip sidearm play. I don't need a bizarre over-the-top, you know, 70-yard bomb. Where I want to see Patrick Mahomes is I need to see those two plays. And the two plays I'm talking about are the two running plays, right? In the Philadelphia game last year, he took off and basically sealed the game with his run. And in the three Super Bowl games that he has played, Patrick Mahomes has a total of 106 yards. Simple math, that's 35.3 a game. His over in this game is 26.5. That has been plugged into a parlay of mine is over Patrick Mahomes' rushing yards of 26.5. You're going to need that at some point. And the reason why is because you know who Nick Bosa is. You know he's aggressive on the edge. And if there's one thing that we can tell from the past is every time that edge rusher comes through ferociously, Patrick Mahomes will see it and he'll just clip inside of it, right? You saw it against uh, Joey Bosa for the Chargers all the time. You see it against Max Crosby all the time. And as Patrick Mahomes has alluded to in his press conferences, I don't think I'm slow. I think defenses just take the wrong angle and I've kind of disguised my speed. So I do need to see Patrick Mahomes at least twice, maybe be that outside player that can have a couple of plays with his legs that can either extend a drive or when one of those third and 12, third and 13, and you've got everybody covered and then 15 hits right through the middle and gets a 16 yard gain and stretches right over the pylon. You're like, damn it. Just when we thought we had him, he goes off for a little spurt of a run, but I need to see Patrick Mahomes have one to actually two key runs in this game using his legs as a secret weapon outside of the big three. Yeah. I mean, and it's a good, it's a good take to have. And it's also very realistic to happen because in every playoff game that I can remember, he's had that one big run. It'll be third and five, third and seven, and he'll run for eight or 15 yards. Right. 
or on a fourth down. It'll be fourth and three and no man's land will go for it. And he'll pick up just enough yards to get the first down. Right. And even if the yard, the yardage isn't there, I think that the play itself is going to be big and you can depend on Patrick Mahomes to pick up some of those yards, especially in those key situations. Yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I've got a kind of a bone to pick. I'm going to sound like a total ass, and I understand that on this next topic. But I need to know, what is the type of food at a Super Bowl party that is allowed? More so, what shouldn't be a food at a Super Bowl party? It's a 5:30 game. It's the Super Bowl. Food, I think, is a minor part, but I do have a bone to pick, and I really hope my friend's not listening that's hosting this party. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Every time I just, my foot goes from the 4-3-2. Why'd you say what? Ha ha, there's pickup every Saturday in Shawnee Mission South. I'm not playing football. I'm not playing any sort of pickup football game. I played like in a, what was like a fundraiser flag football tournament when I was like 24, thinking I'd be okay. I couldn't even squat to poop the next day. It was so painful. Dude, I'm. I'm 24, mm-hmm. and I played in the the wiffle ball game that we had at, yeah. during six ten day at the K. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, dude! My hamstrings were so sore the day yeah. after. Oh yeah, and I like, you know, I don't work out, but I do physical labor. You know, yeah. I thought I'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, I walk two and a half. I walk well two miles a day. And I do like certain exercises, but I'm not doing like quick bursts. Yeah. I'm not, like run and then like the. Uh, I think that's what got me. It was like running to first base. Yeah. I want to have a quick conversation. And if my friend Tyler is listening, I feel very bad about this. Kind of. Super Bowl spread, right? Food wise, it doesn't need to be overthought. Like you don't need to go to Costco and buy. 17 ribeye steaks so that everybody can have like a steak and salad for a Super Bowl. That's very kind of you. That's a very big hog flex of money that you own. That's fine. But Super Bowl Sunday should be simplistic and should be easy. And I honestly think is a day where it's snack food, right? I would not be mad if somebody put down 60 pizza rolls and put them in a bowl and you could just snack on them all you want. Now, I know pizza rolls get kind of tainted when they're ever when they get cold, but whatever. And and I, I go to this text here from the 816. I ask, what's what's the spread? You don't need to overthink Super Bowl food. And what's something that you shouldn't have at a Super Bowl party? And this text says from the 816, no pasta, no lasagna, no fettuccine, because that stuff makes you go to sleep. You want meats, barbecue, steaks, seven-layer bean dip. You can take out the stakes. But that's the thing that I have. The Super Bowl party that I'm going to, I am going to go to Jefferson's. I've already said this 100 times this week. I've already got my order in. Nick Price is taking care of me. I've spent my money there. I'm getting wings, fried pickles, stuff like that. That's perfect, right? Is, is that not perfect for a Super Bowl? That, I'm there with you. Okay. This is my concern. My buddy, who's hosting the party, is having lasagna for the main dish. I appreciate everything that he's doing. This is not me being a Richard, or maybe it is. I appreciate the fact that he's going out of his way to go buy lasagna. That's not what I want for a Super Bowl party. 
Because the last thing I want is to eat at 5.30 or 5 and have a huge, heavy square of lasagna on a paper plate that's going to be awkward to eat. All I really want, I'm a man of simpleness. I want wings. I want chips and dip. I want Rotel, buffalo chicken. You know what you do for a Super Bowl party? You assign each couple or each person, bring a dip. Bring a bring a bring an appetizer. Save the lasagna for like a Christmas dinner night with your family. Right? Somebody says, bro, what? I don't know if you're talking to me. I love lasagna. I love Italian food. Love pasta. Not on Super Bowl Sunday. So call me a a a, a what is the that Eric Bienemy called Patrick Mahomes, a competitive prick? Call me a competitive prick on, on Super Bowl food. It's a lot like like New Year's Eve food. Jalapeno poppers. It's like snack food. You put everybody who's coming over, you're in charge of this, you're in charge. That way you get a diverse amount of stuff, mm-hmm. and everybody can be happy. And by that, you know, hopefully, maybe they don't like the specific thing you're bringing, but mm-hmm. there's enough food there that where everybody can be happy, especially if you have, like, a bigger party i'm with you it has it needs to be snacky food it needs to be food that can sit there for a few hours and it'll be fine you know wings wings are good uh any sort of dip any sort of like mm-hmm. that that sort of stuff is where you need to go with your super bowl stuff simplicity at its finest is the super bowl barbecue's great ribs you know what ribs are they're not that filling oh is that a couple of ribs take them off a little bone i know don't away sliders are good perfect my buddy texted me today. He said, I'm doing wings and pulled pork sliders. To Super Bowl Sunday at the grocery store, there shouldn't be any Kings Hawaiians left. 100%. Right? You don't need to do, and like somebody says here, I don't care what the food is, as long as it's available throughout the entire evening. I'm golden. I'm going to gray stress eat throughout the entire game, so I need to, or whatever. I can't, I need food available for me 24 7. Do you really want a lasagna that's finished at 5 o'clock and then the game's over and now all of a sudden you're, you're able to eat you're no longer nervous and that lasagna is a brick of cold? I'm good. Pizza, perfect. Wings, pizza, potato skins, jalapeno poppers, soft pretzels and cheese, lightly salted, chips, dip, easy stuff. And I feel bad for saying this. I really do feel like an ass. And I'm sorry for that. And when I get dirty looks at this party tomorrow from people that have listened to this show, we'll be like, oh, you're too good for lasagna. I'm not. Well, don't get it twisted. Okay. But I don't need lasagna for a Super Bowl. I want buffalo chicken dip. I want want a casserole. You know, like a potato casserole. Just a little square. I want a little little scoop of a seven-layer dip. I want a little a little uh, jalapeno popper. I want a little mozzarella stick. I want a little pizza pocket. I want a slice of za. I want a guacamole. Do a taco bar. Perfect for a Super Bowl. Big potato bar. That works too. Somebody from the text line, from the 816, hell nah, no lasagna. Lasagna is pretty effing dope for a Super Bowl party from the, eight, from the 563. Rotel with sausage in the cock pot is king of foods. It's great. Burn-ins, great. And burn-ins are tough to make, right? I'm not saying you have to go out to your smoker and make them all day, but if that's your thing, you're a king. I just don't know if you need that heavy 
lasagna for a Super Bowl. I'm like the, the snacky stuff. Like, I want to yes. eat the entire game. You sit down. You're watching the pregame. You're eating most of the food you're going to eat all night is going to be consumed right there. Correct. And then around, you know, you're going to go back around the end of the first quarter. You're going to eat up some more at halftime. And then you're probably good for the most part. But, yeah, snacky. I want to keep going back. Yeah. I want to be able to, like, walk away for, like, during the commercials. I don't care. You know? Pinwheels. Love me some pinwheels. Yeah. Somebody from the 816. If I host a party, I always include everybody to see what everybody wants. It's like buying a 32-inch TV for somebody for Christmas. That's one at a 70-inch. I guess. I don't really understand the comparison there. But... Some people say, I can't eat till halftime. Okay, so if the lasagna is ready at 5.30, halftime is what, 7.30? You eating two-hour-old two hour lasagna that's been sitting out? And I hear there's kids there. You want your kids eating lasagna downstairs? Red sauce all over your floor? Look, I'm not trying to be a Richard here. And maybe I am, and maybe I'm, I'm bougie. But I find that hard to believe. Nobody has I'm, ever called you that. I'm, well, some, well, you never know. I'm, I'm one of those people like, you're going to be, you know, not everybody drinks. I understand that. I'll be honest with you. I haven't had a drink all week. I haven't had a drink of alcohol this entire week, and I don't plan on having one until about 3 o'clock tomorrow. But, man, simplicity at its finest is what you need for a Super Bowl party. That's just me. That's just me. And, Tyler, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just saying that it's, it, it's simplicity. Because what if somebody's everybody's supposed to bring a side? Right? Like, I'm bringing wings and, like, fried pickles and stuff like that. That doesn't pair with lasagna. Right? My stepmom, Mary, says she's making pulled pork nachos and a veggie tray. Perfect. 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 Go get you a, go get you a, a, a thing of King's Hawaiians. Put a little turkey, a little brown mustard, uh, a little bit of garlic butter on top. Put them in the oven. Boom. Takes 20 minutes. And you've done your part. You don't need a big old tray of lasagna. Save that for Christmas, Hanukkah, Thanksgiving. You want to do something different with turkey? Do lasagna then. I've never been to a Super Bowl party where everyone eats at the same time. So snack foods and small portion foods are always best. I'm sorry, Tyler. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be a jerk or an ass. I'm just trying to give my little two cents. This is After Hours. Listen to 610 Sports Radio. We ramp it up and call Pete Sweeney on the other side.